outro music. This is Reconceived with Benjamin and Leonard. I'm Leonard. You gonna do the intro? I I just did. I'm Leonard. I'm Leonard. I didn't hear you. Well, it's alright. You don't have to hear me. As long as the people hear me, a.k.a. our mothers, we're good. And I'm Ben. Alright, I said it, I'm Ben. Not not that you'd hear that, but I, I said it. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad that I'm still talking to my good old buddy old pal, Ben. Now, tell me, have you been reading any good books lately? I've been reading all of the good books. Not just good books. Have you been reading books with literary merit? Quality books. Quality books. Well, what exactly do you mean by literary merit? Do you mean books (laughs) that I would be proud to present to an English professor? Or books that have very important messages to get across? Or do you mean books that are very difficult and boring to read? Because I usually think, when I think of literary merit, I usually think of that last one. Really super, like, boring Mm. stuff. Boring. Well, I would have to disagree with you. I think a perfect example of someone who has literary merit is a man, uh, a, a legend named Theodore Geisel. He wrote about things like the Cold War, Adolf ha- Adolf Hitler, uh, <laughs> Adolf Hitler, and discrimination, alongside many other uh, serious topics. And he actually helped save our nation in many ways. And not enough people recognize the literary merit that his work has. That really salts my apples. Are you familiar with Theodore Geisel? Like, what you just said, he sounds like he did more for our culture, and his books had more literary merit than someone like uh, Harper Lee. You know, To Kill a Mockingbird and stuff. Well, I don't know if I would say that. I'm just saying, from, from the sales pitch you just gave me... I I would have to think about that pretty long and hard. Well, all of those things are true, but a lot of people don't recognize those, especially because he they only see him as the whimsical Dr. Seuss. His middle name is Seuss, by the way. Like, that's why he's called Dr. Seuss. It's Theodore Seuss Geisel. That didn't just come from nowhere. Yes. Technically, it's pronounced Seuss, but tomato, tomato. But... In order to understand Dr. Seuss's literary merit, we have to first understand what literary merit is. With any type of art, and specifically with literature today, uh, it's largely subjective. So my definition could differ from yours. So in order to fully understand what literary merit means, we have to look at other sources that most people can agree on have literary merit. So books like Jane Austen, with Sense and Sensibility, Emma, my personal favorite book, Pride and Prejudice, like you said, Harper Lee's To Kill a Mockingbird, you know, all these great books that have so much literary merit, what do they have in common? Literary merit is merit in literary qualities. So what are those literary qualities? Well, that's the question that I was trying to ask uh, as I was looking at all these different examples, you know, finding that common denominator. The first thing that I noticed about most of these books that are considered to have literary merit is that they're all really old. 
Uh, this alone can't be the reason, however, because, you know, if the criteria was just to be old, then you would just have to wait, and then your self-help book on a thousand ways to cook chicken would be considered one of the best literary uh, accomplishments of our era. That's not going to happen. Um, sorry to all the aspiring cookbook authors out there. I, I tried to find more meaningful uh, common denominator, and what I found is that almost always they have a huge impact on our culture, and they have a grand purpose behind them. Or And or. You don't have to have the most impactful culture-altering book in order for it to have literary merit. You know, you have books that, like Pride and Prejudice or uh, the Lord of the Rings series that have had a huge impact on our culture that don't necessarily have to do with trying to stop segregation or racism. You know, it's usual that you will find that these books have a grand purpose or a great purpose behind them, but almost always they have a huge impact on our culture because of the content that is in it. Does that make sense, Ben? Yes, it does. Okay. So now that we sort of understand that literary merit is largely based off of the intent and the impact, let's look at Dr. Seuss and see whether or not he has literary merit. Now, uh, when we look at Dr. Seuss's purpose in his books, there's no doubt about it that he should have all the literary merit that he deserves. Now, uh, the best example of this is how he literally saved literacy in America with with the cat in the hat. With Dr. Seuss, it's a bit different because we're not basing the purpose of his books and the impact of his books largely on his adult readers. But when we look at how he's impacted children, we see all the impact that he has is completely staggering. With The Cat in the Hat, uh, the intent was to uh, write a story that children couldn't put down because at that time, children's literacy levels were dangerously low due to boring children's book at the time like Dick and Jane. After he published The Cat in the Hat, the children's literacy skyrocketed back to regular levels. He's even quoted as saying, quote, I have great pride in taking Dick and Jane out of most school libraries. That is my greatest satisfaction, end quote. Now, besides just being a good education tool to children, he actually addressed a bunch of serious and often controversial topics in his books without most people noticing. The types of topics that I'm talking about are the issues that are brought up in books like Green Eggs and Ham, which, believe it or not, was intended to help with racism. As we see the main character dismiss Green Eggs and Ham solely based off of its color without actually taking the actual merits that it had into consideration. Most of these uh, Dr. Seuss commented on and addressed himself. The Sneetches and What Pet Should I Get both addressed prejudices as a whole, not dealing with a specific color. My favorite example of this, though, is the Butter Battle Book, which not a lot of people know, but is personally my favorite one of his books. I still haven't read it, but I just learned about it pretty recently, too. Yes, it's it's one of my favorites, mostly because it's 
actually a commentary on the Cold War. So Dr. Seuss decided, hey, let's, after we're done raising literacy rates and removing my greatest competition from school libraries, let's just <laughs> have a deep, insightful commentary on the nature of violence and conflict. <laughs> right, exactly. And what was very fascinating about the Butter Battle Book is the fact that it ends on a cliffhanger. You don't know which side actually wins. And what I find fascinating is that with all of these, he, he doesn't address the topics by name, but he addresses the main moral issues behind them through ideas that children can understand. Instead of talking about economy and nukes, we're talking about whether you should butter your toast butter side up or butter side down. He, he simplifies these controversial and difficult topics into something that literally a child can understand. That in and of itself is something that should give him not less credit because it's a children's book, but so much more credit because of what he was able to accomplish through a children's book. Finally, the last thing that I want to talk about is the impact. Some books can have a super serious purpose to them, but if they don't make an impact on their culture, they don't have literary merit. So what impact did Dr. Seuss have? He had a lot. There's no doubt in my mind that most all children who went through school read his books because his books have sold over 200 million copies and have been distributed through 15 different languages worldwide. You can see the impact that he's had because of the cat in the hat taking down Dick and Jane and the, the dull reading and learning that that brought and instead brought creativity and interest into the classroom. You can see Dr. Seuss quotes everywhere from kindergartens to colleges and even on the floor of the U.S. Senate. Gotta love Ted Cruz. Mm, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's undeniable that Dr. Seuss's books have literary merit. So what are your thoughts, Ben? I've got a couple thoughts. I've, I, don't, I don't think you went far enough. Your conclusion was that you think Dr. Seuss's literary merit. I think you established that as soon as we understood his purpose was to you know, increase literacy rates. And his impact was that he did so, assuming that's correct. So let's just assume that is correct for the remainder of this discussion. If that's the case, and he if he really did raise literacy rates so spectacularly, and if we still joyfully and willingly read his work today, I would argue that his books have more literary merit than something like Ghost at a Watchman or To Kill a Mockingbird or The Great Gatsby, or you just rattle off a whole bunch of these books that we read just because they're required in schools. Would anyone read To Kill a Mockingbird if it, was, if it wasn't required? It's important, but it's super boring. Hold up. I contend that, but I will accept that that is your opinion. That is understandable. But that is one of my favorite books. I find it very interesting. But uh, that that is a good point. With a lot of these books, like Pride and Prejudice, my all-time favorite book, I know a lot of people find it super boring and uninteresting and just a pain to read. With Dr. Seuss, you bring up the good point that you would be hard to find anyone who thinks that Dr. Seuss is boring. If his books were boring, then it wouldn't be able to capture the interest and intrigue of 
small children. Even though I might uh, <laughs> disagree with you on the uh, entertainment value of To Kill a Mockingbird. But let's let's pick a different piece then. Maybe To Kill a Mockingbird isn't the best example because that's the, the poster child of books that do have literary merit. Let's pick a really boring book. Um, Gulliver's Travels is also really boring. It doesn't have a good message. If you read the whole, I mean, the first bit's pretty interesting, but if you read the whole book through, it's really self-absorbed and boring. Yeah. Or Moby Dick. I, yeah. So let's, let's take a book like that, right? Just pick, I'm not even going to tell the listener which one they should have. Just, you have this one book in your mind that is the poster child for literary merit that you just find boring or not all that interesting or kind of pointless. I would contend that Dr. Seuss has even more literary merit than most of these because his intent was not only to educate uh, young children about important topics, but to impact their lives in a meaningful way. And he did both of those so spectacularly that I think he Mm -hmm. just wiped the floor with some of his competition. That maybe his intent wasn't quite as noble, but his impact was much more widespread and long-lasting. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would say the same thing. And even though a lot of these issues, obviously, you're not going to, you know, close Horton Hears a Who and then explain, all right, now let's talk about how that's talking about Nagasaki, you know, and the bombings of Hiroshima. You know, you're not going to do that to a small child, but the the principles and the morals are are there and because those morals that are the basic issues with the different topics that he's talking about because those morals are in there it can permeate into the child's mind so that when they are presented with these kinds of issues in the real world they already have a basic idea of how to respond to those kinds of situations if that makes sense yeah, you know, like like the quote said earlier, it Dr. Seuss's work helps us look at the world at all different sorts of ways, whether that's creatively, imaginative, or with serious issues like those. Those early years in childhood are some of the most important cognitively and developmentally. Oh, for sure. So you're impacting children to enjoy literature in general. You're giving them something fun mm-hmm. to do, something to do with their time, and you're teaching them important life lessons. Assuming all of those things are the case, and I would argue that they are, that's some substantial impact he's having on the culture still today. And no one's no one mandates reading Dr. Seuss. That's not in like the, the college <laughs> level, you must read this because it has literary merit. We read Dr. Seuss because it's still good and we still like it. Of course. I actually have uh, several Dr. Seuss books on my shelf right now. I must confess I'm not quite the same cultured expert but i too have read and am in the same household as dozens of these books (laughs) and other books that had deeper meanings was books like uh and to think i saw it on mulberry street and oh the places you'll go those were his first and last books even though they aren't as uh philosophical as green eggs and ham (laughs) that's a weird sentence to say uh (laughs) They still have a deeper meaning. And so I would highly encourage you as listeners and you, Ben, to reconceive your thinking about more of Dr. Seuss's work. What I would take away from this is that the the two most important factors to literary merit are intent and impact. Dr. Seuss had a noble 
and important intent and the impact is immense in his time and today. I would say that's completely correct. This has been Dr. Seuss, Reconceived.